0: Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody!
1: Alright, cut the music. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Destination Debbie is proud to bring to you, it's Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World! The McNutted Michael Crystal. The ATM Adam McFerrin. The 4D Chess Podcast. And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you. Welcome back into another podcast of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike. You can find me on Twitter, at IowaMichael. My wonderful co-host, my bro Namath, my man Adam is in the building. You can find him on Twitter, at ATM4DChess. How we doing tonight, brother?
0: Mike, what's going on? Another episode. Episode 8. Time is flying by. We're ready to do this, man. We are
1: ready to bring it to... The Dynasty Degenerates yet again. Hell yeah. I'm excited too because this is going to be one of our favorite shows, I think, when we look back at it. We are going to talk trades and trade strategy, what everybody always is asking questions about. Would you do this trade? Would you do this trade? How do you come up with your evaluation, your values on these players when you're looking at trades? That's exactly what we're going to dive into tonight. And it just so happens on my way home from work, Today, listening to Spotify, random playlist. Guess what song came on, brother? I don't know if you got the mind meld here, but it's going to be a good one. It fit perfectly. Oh, talk to me, man. Talk to me. Nitty gritty dirt band going fishing in the dark. Going fishing in the dark. (laughs) Let's go fishing, man. (laughs) You and me, buddy. We're going fishing in the dark. I thought it it. just fit because we like to call the people that we uh, bend over in these deals. The fish, the fish of the league. We are
0: looking for fish, Dynasty degenerates. We're looking for the fish in your leagues. We're going to get into all the intricate details or as much as we can in an hour, let's say that, and try to help you with a lot of our thoughts, our process, and how to ultimately find the right trade partners,
1: the fish of your league. Well, let's stop fucking around and let's get right into it, right? So for me, When I'm looking at trades, my biggest thing, there are a lot of things that play into it, but I will say my biggest thing that plays into it is I like to look at startup value when I'm trying to judge a trade, whether or not I would do it, whether or not it makes sense. I know you are in the same boat, and a perfect example, we have a wonderful Destination Debbie mock draft we did with a lot of the the upper-tier patrons, Ray, Jay Rich, Brandon, Uh, who else? Other, oh our boy J B was in this, you're in it, Ben Eby. Uh man, we had some heavy hitters. <laughs> mock draft Jeans, Gene from off the line. He took part in this one. So yeah, I mean, these are the uh the who's who of prospect talk of destination Devi Radio popping in, doing this mock draft that we banged out. I know Ray and Jay are gonna be recapping it on a show on Thursday, and they're gonna be going through this mock draft, but this is a perfect prime example where we have one in front of us of startup values right now in a super flex league that we can look and make trades and bring you into our process of how we do it. I love it, man. I love it.
0: And since, since you went there and we're talking bomb squad, too, and man, I I got to say this, like I love trading like I used to, I guess, consider myself a volume trader. But man, after seeing some of the stuff there. Listen, like sometimes the best trade you can make for your team is the one that you don't make. Like you should be thought out and have a process as why you're doing some of these trades. If you'd find yourself just trading because you really want to trade and you don't necessarily, you're not doing it with a thought out reason or direction you're going like that, that can ultimately be one of the biggest detriments to you. If you just overtrade, just to trade
1: in regards to bomb squad, I think we could both agree that, uh, I think the FOMO was real for some people in that league. The fear of missing out hit some people pretty pretty damn hard when they're looking at those trades that we're going through. Oh,
0: man. Some of them are crazy.
1: All right. So let's just dive into the startup real quick here. And we'll do some some trades and just kind of bring you into the thought process. So uh, if you look at the round one, guys. For me in a dynasty startup, and I know for you, my my great joy in doing a startup is always a want to trade back. And my general rule is if I could trade back one round and pick up a future first, I'm in. I am absolutely in. So in regards, let's give you some real players and just kind of see where you would be at on those trades, right? So at the 1.7, Kyler Murray went. and At the 2.5, Justin Fields went. If somebody came to you right now with an offer outside of a startup, and said, I will give you Justin Fields and a 23 first-round pick for your Kyler Murray. Are you taking that?
0: No, no question. And going back to last episode, like, best ball format, all that, no, nah, I I don't care. That's a Justin Fields 23 first for me. Any build, like, it's just, that's it. I want 23 first and Justin Fields.
1: Let's get a little bit spicy, and let's move that first round up, right? Justin Herbert for Justin Fields and a 23 first. It's tougher, but I think I still want fields in the first. I'm with you, buddy Justin Herbert for Trevor Lawrence in the 23 first.
0: Me, like, if you have your preference with you know, fields, Lance, Lawrence, I'm not going to fight you there, but for me, they're all in the same tier. So, any one of those three in the first is still, I'd rather prefer that side.
1: I don't want to put cap values on people, right? But you and I both operate from the perspective of. Certain positions in a startup are worth a certain amount of draft picks and draft capital, right? Yes. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I think those are two guys we can kind of agree on. If we own any shares of them, and somebody comes out and offers us just generically four first round picks, that's the deal that I'm going to take.
0: Yeah, he,
1: I'm. He's gone. Like,
0: love those guys. But when you can get, if you can extract full value out of Mahomes or Allen, I'm taking th- those guys because that's too many shots
1: at it, man. It's too many really good shots at it. So let's go to the next group of the first round: Justin Herbert, Jonathan Taylor, and we'll slide Kyler Murray or whoever the hell your QB four is, right? Whether that's Joe Burrow, it doesn't matter. It's besides the point, right? Those guys, three first round picks. Are you ready to make that deal? Or are you, it's right there on the cusp where you're like, man, if I could get a second tossed in, I'm golden.
0: So th- you're saying three first for either your preference of Murray Murray or Burrow? Yeah,
1: pick one of those guys. I'm certainly
0: considering it. Like if it's if it's start nine and I'm loaded and I'm not necessarily sure how I will get it back, maybe I'd hold off. But honestly, like nine times out of ten,
1: almost every time I'm going to take the three first probably. All right. Once we start getting to the mid first to the late first, I think three first gets it done for just about anybody that you're going to select in that range. That includes. From, from which picks? About the mid first of a startup in a 12 team to yeah. the late first. So that would include guys, for example, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Dak Prescott, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Kyle Pitts, Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, insert whoever you want there. I think right about that range for me anyways is where it's like that's kind of the, the, the three-first-player range, right? Yes. Once you get into the early second, early to mid-second, I think then it kind of shifts down to a two-first and a second kind of deal. Yep. right? So we're going to be talking about guys like Justin Fields, A.J. Brown, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Cam Akers. I think is probably fair in that range.
0: Yep, fully totally agree.
1: Once you get to the back end of the second – you're probably two first, and I'm not gonna say just two first gets it done for me, because these tiers, these tiers start to get a lot bigger, right? Yep. Once you get once you get to a certain point in the draft, these tiers start expanding instead of it just being Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, or then the next tier, you know, Herbert, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, how, however you want to roll it. They start to get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players in a single tier when you're looking at them together. So the value ranges start to get bigger. But we get to the back half of the second, early third in that range. I think I'm at like two first and maybe a throw in of some sort. I think I'm comfortable making some moves. I'm I'm always going to try to ask for more, but those are the kind of just generic offers where I'm ready to to move on from these guys in a startup.
0: Yeah. Absolutely,
1: and, and that transitions, there's a lot of things outside of a startup that play into it, right? Your team build, your team direction, what you're doing, league size, leagues, league scoring format. I'm just trying to talk strictly from startup, but that also carries over into 75% of how I make deals outside of it, where the other 25% is the, the things we were talking about last episode, lineup versus best ball, starter size, et cetera, right?
0: A hundred percent, man. And see listeners, I think this is key here. Mike said it when we started this episode, I think when we look back, this is going to be one of our favorite ones because we're going to really get into a lot of our mindset. The key, I think Mike's bringing out here is startups, but the episodes you've listened to before this, they kind of set everything up direction, understanding your league, all the, all the things we try to teach you in those first seven episodes Understanding our process there, listening to us for all this time, really is going to help make this trading episode here a lot more applicable. And you're going to understand how it all pieces together versus just going trading right off the rip. It's not going to come through as clean.
1: So, if we're talking then about those generic values, and I told you in a startup, I wanted you to trade back from the 102. And I would give you the two ten. What else on top of it are you gonna need? Right? Just think about those players at the back end of the second, how we kind of talked their they're two first plus guys. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your plus gonna be if if I'm saying that Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen is worth four first in a startup? And those are the kind of deals that I'm ready to to jump at. If I told you I would give you the two ten to trade back from the one oh two. What are you going to ask for on top of it? Let's just spitball here. It doesn't have to be the the player, right? Yes. We'll just talk from a strict startup. What other picks or what other assets are you going to ask for me?
0: Yeah, I think that's a very key setup that you just gave there. Because, and we'll get into this later in the episode, but a lot of this and a lot of trading in general. See, when you're trucking trading, all the other stuff we we talked about before, a lot of that can just be about you, right? Trading, one of the big keys is not just about yourself. Trading involves another person and understanding them and going through it with them so that you can get the best deal out of it for yourself. But you you can only do that by understanding the other person. So the way Mike set that up is key because if the other player wants to give me the other manager, they want to give me startup picks. Okay, fine. So I'll, I'll go that route. But if they want to throw me futures, I'm flexible, especially at this point in the startup where I could take either side. So I will take 210, for example. If they want to throw me startups, give me 210. Give me a fifth and a seventh or an eighth, and you, we call it a deal. Or – Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say that is an absolute smash. Yeah. And I'll start there. And I, Maybe you don't end up getting that, but, like, give them give – them, let them pick a flavor. You know, start there. Kind of see where they're at. How much do they really want Josh Allen? And, and when you're talking Josh Allen and Mahomes, they're at 102 – those are the prize players in Dynasty. So, that's one of the, those are two of the guys that you could get, the two of the pieces that you could actually get that type of return. And then if they don't want to do startups, I'll throw you 210, but I'm, I'm, I want to win now. So, I need those pieces. I'll give you futures. Perfect. Let's do that too. So, you throw me 210. I'm going to need two first, though. I think still, I'd start there and maybe I'd work my way down, but. You want to throw me 20, you know, 22, 23 first and 210. Boom, he's yours. Send him. Because, like we talked about, those guys are about two first, two first in the second range. So you're winning easy there.
1: Absolutely. One of the things, too, I want to touch on, too, is in a startup, when you're talking just picks, it always looks so much worse than when those picks actually come to fruition, right? Correct, correct. So, what you had just mentioned, you wanted uh, the 210, you wanted a fifth and a seventh. That's a seventh or start. an
0: eighth. Yep. That's
1: where we're going to start. Say, say they countered and they were like, I'll give you a ninth instead, right? So let's just assume it's the ninth. And let's say that they're going to give you, I think they would end up picking nine three. Yes. And they're going to end up picking five three. So when that deal comes to fruition, they trade off the 101. They trade you Josh Allen, or you trade Josh Allen, the 101. Right. Yep. In return, Just to give you slots, and some of these aren't exactly where I'd agree with them, but we'll we'll put them there anyways, okay? They'll give you Cam Akers, Traylon Burks, and George Pickens for your Josh Allen. How do you feel about that? Love it. I absolutely love that deal, too. It
0: You're talking about about Traylon Burks, too, where, like... That's not going to be a guy I have a lot of shares of, but, man, if I have him, I I know he's worth the trade value because of how much people are fainting about him. So love that deal.
1: If I'm looking at this, say it's Josh Allen for me, and somebody's like, hey, the 210, Trevor Lawrence went at the 2.9 right before. So Mm -hmm. if I'm talking strict down tier, I'm getting Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to get Traylon Burks, and I'm going to get George Pickens or in that ballpark. That's pretty dope for me. Even if it's not... I think some of the reasons, some of the deals people always feel like, hey, man, you're a little light. It's because of the numbers issue, right? Especially in a startup because they're just numbers. We don't have names to those players. Put the names to to your players, especially if you're doing this in a startup. Don't trade away who should go there in a startup. If you're trading a pick, somebody's coming to you for it, right? Trade away what you would take or who you value the most at that pick. And then put names just based on ADP, field. There are a lot of tools out there when you start doing startups where you can get a good idea of who's going to kind of go where. There's going to be some discrepancy, obviously. Some people reach. Some people fall. It happens all the time. But just get a general outline, like a, a list of five or six players. These dudes could be there at this pick. These dudes could be there at this pick. And these dudes could be there at this pick. And when you write them down or do it in your head, you're like, yeah, this trade, this trade fucks. I like it. I can do I can deal with this.
0: Yeah, exactly. And see, I think why this is really good, because. I think one thing that happens a lot is, like Mike said, the numbers. Because people don't think about the startup values of players, what they're worth in future first and kind of like assess everything from that position during startups. They get they get taken back to the woodshed, man, for, you know, that, that's what ends up happening. You, you end up not assessing two, ten, five, three, eight, three or whatever correctly. Right. You don't know necessarily what they're worth. You're just worried about going to get Josh Allen. So I think from a mindset point, if you start thinking like Mike and I, the way we value players and, and I think the, the best way to take advantage of other people is by. Understanding startup values, because if you if you just start changing your mindset on players to Cam makers 210, right, or like in that range of 210, right, 210, 302, somewhere in there, you start getting the startup value for all your players and you start associating what that startup is the future first. If you start if you conceptualize all that in your mind and you become like you start understanding all those values, you're going to be able to do so much in your leagues that people aren't even going to see coming.
1: So if we're looking at it, let's flip it on its head and let's do the exact opposite. Instead of trading within a startup, let's trade from outside a startup and show how we use those values to, to do real-life trades. Right? Correct. Yes, yes. And these are, these are just going to be hypotheticals. I'm throwing them out there. I don't know how even they are, but these are things or deals that we'll probably hear at some point. And especially for a guy like J.K. Dobbins has been a hot topic here. As of late, especially amongst our patrons, always asking about J.K. Dobbins and a lot of debate back and forth. So we're going to use him for sure. So third round, pretty much through the entirety. There's some variance, but I would say they're probably in that two first range, maybe a first and two seconds. uh, You know, maybe late first, whatever, whatever you want to do, right? Yeah, it's multiple assets that you're going to take. The fourth round is pretty similar. Usually once we get to the fifth round, I'm more relaxed and I'm like, you know, a first and a second. We get to the sixth round, a first plus something. We get to a seventh round. The seventh round is kind of my magic round where I go, just a generic first is worth about a seventh round startup pick to me. And everything everything just kind of falls after that, right? You see the cascading effect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I mean the the seventh is the the seventh is one of those where If you're getting a like, that's about a generic first. Obviously, you'll see each class. The early ones are going to go ahead of the seventh, and the later ones will fall in that seventh eighth range. But when you're talking trading a future first, it's in that seventh range for right now in the startup. Yep.
1: So a good example here for for the startup was uh, Jamison Williams went eight eight two, started the eighth round and in superflex adp in mock draft adp where he's going is that back end of the first correct the 111 the 112 somewhere in that range right yep he's and and that's a guy who's going at the beginning of the eighth round it kind of fits another guy in there uh drake london he's more like the 109 108 110 range he went at 7-2 correct so you're still in that back end range but because this is combined it does get stretched out a little bit farther. Yes. That's why I kind of say just the generic first. You're pretty safe if you just value it as a seventh-round startup pick. Maybe correct. you're a little higher, maybe you're a little lower, depending on where the pick goes or the player, but it's a safe starting point. You're, you're not going to be too off base if that's your value.
0: No, yeah, 100% correct,
1: yeah. Everything below falls, you know, early second-round pick, all right? A few more spots back, maybe farther into the eighth round, maybe into the ninth round. If it's a little bit sooner, if it's the 107, the 106, that starts creeping up into the fifth round, maybe into the fourth round, at the end of the fourth round, right? And it it just keeps going on and on like that. So let's do one here outside of a startup. I'm going to say you're trading away DeAndre Swift. And in return, what I'm offering you is J.K. Dobbins and Isaiah Spiller.
0: Dobbins Spiller. Pretty, pretty, pretty. And I love Swift. I mean, I'm a I'm a homer. He's RB2 for me in Dynasty. And that I know where Mike's going to go with this. He's going to give you the startup picks and why you would take this deal. But when you put names to it, it rings different. And that's kind of the process we're trying to bring home to you here. But yes, this is this is Spiller Dobbins easily for me.
1: In a startup, it doesn't seem that great, though, right? Because you're trading somebody who's the one eleven. For somebody who's a mid-to-back-end third-round pick and somebody who's a mid-to-early, mid I guess, depending on how you value Isaiah Spiller, fourth-round pick. Yeah. In, in a startup, that kind of seems gross. I'll give you uh, my my first-rounder for your third and fourth. Seems light. You put the names next to it. It's something I want to smash 100 times out of 100. I'm good yeah. with that. Yeah. So yeah, and I think, I'm, too,
0: it's, it's also you got to keep in mind A couple things. One, if you do it actually on the startup, you're taking those picks and you're, you're a lot of times we like assess what's going to be the worst case scenario, but how many times in the draft, Mike, that you and I are in all these picks in front of us go that we, we didn't even, we would not be considering those guys ahead of us. And two, I think the other thing to keep in mind is as much as I love Swift, if I can multiply him for two very legitimate running back assets. I'm doing it. I'm just doing that every single time. So,
1: And where we had talked about on the previous episode, and we've already mentioned it, that's also a deal where your league structure, league format, scoring settings, and that kind of stuff, it factors in. But this is the meat of the deal. This is the the 75%, the big piece of the pie on how you're going to determine whether you want to make that deal. Now, right. other other little smaller things may factor into you and go, man, this is only a start nine league. I've I've got enough running backs already. I couldn't even start Isaiah Spiller if I wanted to. He's not going to crack my starting lineup. I can't do it. I can't. I can't down tier. But if you've got enough room, right, you're going to do it. You're going to smash this deal. So, yeah, sure. DeAndre Swift back in first in a startup. What were we saying? Two first in a second. Two first and two seconds somewhere e- in that range.
0: Yeah, two first and a second to even get me thinking.
1: Let's go, let's go two first and two seconds as like that's what we're gonna do with, right? Okay. Yep. A third round, mid to late, third round pick in a startup. What's the value on that in your mind?
0: Mid to late. Yep. Probably somewhere, but it's probably not quite two first. It's probably more like a first and two seconds.
1: Okay. So on one side right now, on the ledger sheet, you got a first and two seconds. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the ledger sheet, you got two firsts and two seconds. Correct. Okay. So you're down a first. On you're the down. You're down to a first difference. Correct. A fourth round, mid to early fourth round pick, in a startup. What's that worth to you?
0: It, it, it's probably a first. Man, that's tough because it's it's a round of first, and it, it's somewhere between a first and a second, and a first and two seconds it's in that generic area
1: right it's it's not too far off so now if you factor it in on the ledger sheet right you're up two seconds say yeah if we want to go just a first and two seconds if we want to go with that again yep. now you're now you're up a first and two seconds even if you're not you're if you want to go just a generic first and second which seems awfully low for a top rookie pick because that's the range they're going to end up going, Yes, you're still up a second-round pick in net value. Minimum, and that's at the bare
0: minimum. And you're probably, like you said, more up a couple seconds or a first and a second.
1: So if we're looking at being up just a second round, bare minimum, you're going to be looking at a range of guys all the way from David Bell, George Pickens, all the way down to maybe like a Trey McBride or Jalen Weidermeyer in this class. Correct. As an add-on. Now throw that into the deal, right? I'll give you DeAndre Swift for J.K. Davins Isaiah Spiller, and Jalen Watermeyer. Jalen
0: Watermeyer. Easy. Not not I'm even in. thinking. Yeah.
1: This is how I think about it when I'm doing these trades. Startup value-wise, all right, what's on one side of the ledger sheet? Roughly, where do I value this? And, and I will even go to the high side on what the guy is trading me, right? Because I want to see worst case scenario if my player evaluations my ranges are off maybe people value things different in this league they're not as high on running backs or quarterbacks as i am worst case scenario let me they're giving me the absolute maximum and i'm giving them the bare minimum of value or or the absolute maximum of my value on that side right however yeah. it needs to be where i'm at the disadvantage going into the trade and if the trade comes out where the ledger sheet is still so far in my advantage, by a second, multiple seconds, maybe a first, maybe two firsts in some of these deals we've seen, that's a smash all day. I'm good. I'm in. I'm hitting the button. I'm not thinking twice about it.
0: I think the other thing, too, is to keep in mind, Dynasty the Giants, when you think about this deal, it kind of goes back to... A similar concept when we talked about episode two, the Jamar Jamar Chase trade hysteria, right? DeAndre Swift's positional advantage at running back is significant. So that's where he would differentiate himself from Chase. But to an extent, if he's at running back two, he is capped out as far as going up and ascending from where he is in value. So the big takeaway from that is, okay, Swift in your lineup points per game, if he stays healthy, very key elite player. Here's the difference, though. Spiller, we haven't seen him hit the field. He he has a lot of room to ascend, potentially. Dobbins is coming off an ACL where he is probably going to be valued about as low as it gets for him, right? So on top of the whole trade back, acquire the second asset, what it's worth in values, Mike and I... Like to take more shots in that range because a lot of the times where the players you're taking there, the guys you're trading for, if it's not in the startup, these are players that can ascend in value. So then, if they start getting closer in value to where Swift becomes, not now you have two, you could have two players legitimately. This is not even crazy to think about. Those guys could be back end seconds in a full year from now,
1: easily. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a good example of a player because he has ascended in value. You remember doing startup drafts last year? Where was uh, Javante Williams going in a lot of these startups?
0: Fifthish man, sixth round. Like he was going with Montgomery, kind of. It was gross.
1: Right, and some people were taking Montgomery over Javante, and I remember giving them shit about it. Like, what are you <laughs> yep. doing? Shit show
0: podcast, man. Yeah, we did. Like if Shout you're going if,
1: if, if you're going all in as a contender. Okay, I can see the Monty side, right? I'd rather have it. If you're making a build like he had, Monty made no sense for him when a guy like Javante sitting there staring him out of the face. Yep,
0: yeah, because we, we we'd seen enough from Monty to know he's kind of even if he ascends some in value where he was at is his what he's been. He's he does not have the ability to ascend nearly that Javante did, so it didn't make sense.
1: Correct, correct. So Javante, where is Javante going now in startups?
0: Man, it's. This is a perfect point. 2-1, 2-2, 2-3. Where did he go in this draft?
1: Went at 2-1. There you go. Ray and, took him at 2-1. And it's back-to-back picks there, McCaffrey and Javante Williams. So when you get those turn picks, you really could flop them anyway and call them a first-round pick if you want.
0: And and ultimately, too, like, see, this is the thing when you, when you start thinking about this. All the other things fall into place, right? Javante is pretty universally RB4, RB5, correct? That's where people yeah. are talking about them. Yeah. And, and this is how it plays out in startups because Jonathan Taylor goes 104, Najee goes 106, Swift goes 111, McCaffrey goes 112, Javante goes one. right? So the process actually ends up working out with the rankings. Everything becomes very transparent and clear when you start thinking
1: this way. If you trade back exactly what you were talking about into assets that have the opportunity to ascend and you're trading away an asset who is damn near capped out or pretty close to being capped out, more times than not, and I would venture to say it's going to be a very significant amount of times, you're going to end up in a year or two looking like you absolutely wrecked that deal. Like you you far and away won it. Sometimes, depending on the assets that you're trading for, you can take. There is that chance. Yes. I just don't believe it's a very high one. If you're investing into the right kinds of assets, which for us would be young quarterbacks, young running backs, and that's pretty much the end of the list. Or elite tight tight ends. But like we talked about with value cap, they're pretty much there already.
0: Yeah. And and those elite quarterbacks, elite running backs, right? You see their values insulated outside of a significant injury. And even then, man, look at J.K. Dobbins. Like, think about this one, Mike. Listeners, think about this. Dynasty degenerates. really think about J.K. Dobbins here, right? What did we see from him? Essentially a really good half season where we wanted more. We didn't think he did enough in the passing game was kind of the knock on J.K. Dobbins after his very good finish to his rookie season, right? And there was a little more concern, all that stuff. He tears his ACL and LCO in the preseason. He's been a full year away from football. And what's going on? He, he's, he's 308. That's, that's where he's fallen to. Right. And now if you did a startup in the, in the season last year, like if you did a mid season startup, he would have been a lot lower than that. But this is a value insulation discussion to think about jk dobbins who given us a half a season for us to see because we know the talent because of the positional scarcity that he offers he's right now without only playing a half a season in a year and a half that was like very good show upside potential with dobbins he's still 308 that's the value insulation from the running backs that could be three down elite players
1: travis Etienne's another one we have not seen this man play an nfl snap
0: not a single one
1: I'm not counting the preseason one where he got hurt. He has not played a meaningful NFL stat. We don't know what he is at the NFL level. He is going in the mid to late fourth round, early fifth round, in all of these startups that I've seen so far. People are out here touting how how much, go get Travis Etienne, go get Travis Etienne. He may be a fantastic buy, and he's a guy that you and I like, but If you look at it in relative terms to these rookies right now, Kenny Walker was the fifth rookie off the board. Traylon Burks was the sixth rookie off the board. Where was Travis Etienne going in rookie drafts last year? Sixth, seventh range? Yeah, sixth-ish. Fifth sometimes, maybe. He has not lost an ounce of value, and the man did not play a snap Let's look at another guy, because Ray touched on this, and I brought it up to him in our chat, the six-hour voice chat marathon that we had yesterday. Devontae Smith from my Philadelphia Eagles at the wide receiver position. This man set the Eagles rookie wide receiver records. He is, I think he's like number seven or at least top 12 in air yards in the entire league. He went at 7-1. That is right next to a guy like Drake London, where he's going, what, 109, 110? Where did Devontae Smith go last year?
0: 109, 110, 108, 111. This
1: man set records as a rookie, and he hasn't gained an ounce of value.
0: Yep. I in mean start upsetting. And, 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 and why? Because, uh, okay, there, there's some outside little knocks, right? Jalen Hurts people probably still want a, the small frame all that after seeing him produce the small frame probably still for some people but the main thing that keeps him there is he didn't Jamar chase it to the elite ceiling and everyone wants to chase all of a sudden this this Jamar Chase Justin Jefferson thing like it's real and, and I mean it is but it's also you're you're chasing upside that's so it's got to be so high to cat to to make the value worth it where you're going to draft a burks because like you said, J- Devonte Smith is pretty easily in the top 20 discussion at wide receiver in dynasty. Let's top, look at the top 20. It what does the top 20 do? It gets you a
1: 7th round startup value, man. That does not give you value gain at all. Let's look at some some other players from last year's class who increased or decreased in value. Okay. Or or stayed the same. Jamar Chase, obvious one. People are going to point to that one immediately. Jamar Chase went from a third, fourth round startup pick to back half of the first round, mid first round for some people who are doing it wrong. I will be the first to say you are doing it wrong if you're taking Jamar Chase in the first round. Good luck to you. I appreciate you. I hope I draft with you. I like you for doing that. Kyle Pitts increased in value from a late second, early third round, maybe a fourth round startup pick in some of the drafts we were doing in tight end premium to a back-end first-round pick. Right. Jalen Waddell maybe went from that seventh-round range to the fourth-round range. Yeah, and for some fourth, people, the third-round yeah. range, I'm not, I'm not a big fan, but I get it. I've seen him go in the third round in some drafts. Cool for you if you do that. Congratulations. I don't agree with it. Let's look at some other positions who maintained value and did fuck all. Trey Lance, two two in this draft. Where were people taking Trey Lance last year?
0: I I was told I was making a statement, taking him at two oh four.
1: A statement. This man played in a couple games. Two games. Justin Fields, not a very good rookie season. Two five. Yep. Same ballpark. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence had
0: a pretty bad rookie season.
1: Still mid to late second round dynasty startup pick. There were some people who were taking him in the first round last year.
0: Yeah. He was, he was honestly quite a few startups, 111, 112 coming off the
1: board. Who else we got here? Rashad Bateman stands out to me, seven, eight in this draft going in the eighth round last year in startups, increased a little bit in value. Elijah Moore was in the same ballpark right around the eighth round. He increased to sixth round. Maybe fifth round for some. Mm-hmm. So the Ken run, the big risers. Najee Harris has pushed himself into RB two, RB three. I think if he's outside your top three RBs, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. I love Javante, but I can't put I can't put Javante over Najee, but the, that's a the that's only a people different debate.
0: The only people I've seen that had him outside Najee outside the top three is when they get too much with CMC. That's the only thing I've seen.
1: Najee Harris in this draft, RB2 off the board, 1-6. He went from a late first, early second, two. now he's in the middle of the first round. Pretty much capped on value where he is. Javante Williams, we touched about it. 5-6, 4. Now he's a damn near a first-round pick. End of the first round. The point is, if you're... (laughs) The Travis Etienne thing still wows me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Crazy. The guy
1: the guy has not moved <laughs> He's locked in place The point is if you're investing Generally in these running backs And these quarterbacks The right ones Not the Keyshawn Vaughns Not the Trey Sermons But the right ones Your value installation is pretty good If you hate Trevor Lawrence He's still going at a back end Mid to back end second round pick you can get out on what you spent on Trevor Lawrence last year. Hopefully, you weren't one of these people taking him in the first round, but if you did, you're going to lose some value. You're going to lose 80% of it. or You're going to lose 20% and come out with 80% is what I meant to say. You're not taking a massive hit. If you took him 101 in your rookie drafts like most people did, you're still going to cash out the 101 in a rookie draft at the back end of a second startup, and you're still going to get net – positive assets. I understand this class isn't as good as last year, but the one one is going to go in the fourth, maybe late third round. Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, however you want to rank them, whoever shakes out to be the quote-unquote consensus one one that feels like the right range where they're going to go.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, uh, Mike, let, let me ask you this. now that Now that we've kind of given the listeners, our mindset, because this is key to lay down. Startup values, associate players and startup values so that you're not overvaluing players and undervaluing startup picks, similarly with rookie picks. Do not undervalue the number and do not overvalue the player. Try to merge what those are worth, both in future rookies and in startup picks. This will help you in in evaluating all the type of trades. So now that we've kind of given them that mindset, value insulation with running backs and quarterbacks, startup values. As far as actually applying these now to trades, I think a big thing when you're talking actually making deals with your league mates, first, I think, is the type of trade. And is, is it incoming to you or are you trying to make a deal to somebody else? Are you the one that's sending the trade offer? Or are you trying to figure out what I'm going to do? to make a, a deal for that, that manager that makes sense. Or is that manager coming to you? Hey, I want, I want this piece. I want that guy. I want this, this elite player. I want this middle tier player. or I want these picks. Right. So I think that's kind of the transition. Now how do we apply these in actual trades with our league mates?
1: So let's say, let's go back to the startup draft, right? And we'll just pick players out of there and where their assigned position is. Mm -hmm. Assume that this startup draft is your average ADP. This is what it is. So there won't be any movement by us to go, oh, we'd take this guy before him or whatever. This is average ADP right now. This is how it would shake out if we had all these services running full go, tracking all of these startup drafts. Mm -hmm. I come to you and I tell you that I want to take Darren Waller off your hands. So this is uh this draft was done non tight end premium, okay. So this is just Darren Waller non tight end premium. He went at the six seven. Assume that's his correct average ADP. Based on where he went at the six seven, what are you asking for me to trade? If I go, Adam, I would like your Darren Waller. What's it gonna cost me? What is your response?
0: Six seven is where I'm going to attempt to get a first and a second. And then it's also that range where it talks about the other episodes. What are you doing here? Because if this is a startup pick, I want first and a second. If it's a team that you have and you're moving Waller as a rebuilder, sometimes to make the deal, you may only get a first and a smaller piece. So but it, but generically I think Waller first and a second at six seven is about the correct range in futures.
1: okay I agree to it. I send you the first and the second. Are you happy? I like it but if you're sending
0: that deal to me, if I have Waller and you're sending that deal to me, I
1: may question can I get more out of you right? okay new scenario same thing. I'm coming to you asking you what's the price on Darren Waller? You tell yep. me a first and a second. I respond, I can't do a first and a second. I can do a first and I can toss you in Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony went nine ten in this draft. Are you happy with that?
0: Yeah, I think that's I'm taking it.
1: Why? Because Kadarius Tony is valued at what?
0: He is valued at a second round pick.
1: Correct. All right. Same thing that's exactly the process that I want to get into here when we start doing this is how I put all of this together and and we can we can we can put the rebuild the league settings aside right we're just assuming generic league I'm just going for straight value here you're you're ready to move off of these assets you're ready to do whatever okay let's let's do another one let's do something a little more spicy okay Trey lance since this is going to be a hot topic. One at 2-2. Two, two. Assume this is his correct average ADP. Same scenario. I come to you and I go, Adam, what's it going to take for me to get you off of Trey Lance? Now, this is where you can factor in the fact that this is a younger asset than Darren Waller. Oh, yeah. And you don't have a lot of incentive to move off of this guy. Mm-hmm. Adam, what's it going to take for me to get Trey Lance? I'm a, I'm a diehard Trey Lance fan. I, I've been a huge fan. I really want him on my team. What's it gonna take?
0: In futures, I'm not moving him for less than probably two first. I, I probably am gonna need two firsts in a second to even talk with you about like if this is something we can do.
1: Two firsts in a second. That's what you tell me. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't have two firsts in a second. I'll give you one first, Matt Corral, and Jamison Williams. Are you in there? He
0: He's yours. Here's Trey Lance. Here's Trey Lance.
1: Now, why why do you say that? So Matt Corral went 4-2. Rookie 101 off the board, essentially. Mm. Jamison Williams went 8-2. I, I don't want to count that high because I'm big and dumb and hairy, and I can't count that high, but I assume it's somewhere around 111, 112.
0: Yeah, he was the 111, I believe, in that one.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm giving you the 101, the 111, and a future first next year. For you're, Trey Lance. You're you're
0: actually see, and that's the thing when understanding the values. That's that's more than that's that's over three first, really. When you start thinking this out, Dynasty Degenerates, right? Matt Corral. He's a, at the moment locked into a top four pick in Superflex rookies. What that's going to command in futures is more than a first. And he's going at four two once again. Startup values. Think about this. So Matt Corral is going to be a first and a second probably before stepping on the field. So now you got Matt Corral is at least a first. He's probably a first and a second. You got the first round generic pick coming to you as a pick, and then you got Jamison Williams, who's a late first. So that that that's where what your league mates willing to give you is a big key because. If you say if you only say oh I want two first two future first and a second, but they come to you with a first and these players okay, what do these players equate to in futures as long as they're fitting the youth build, which all those guys do.
1: Correct. It would get more gross. So Austin Eckler went one pick before Matt Corral at four one. If your team build isn't right, and I came to you and instead of offering the young guys. I came to you, and I'm just going by older assets who went in the similar range. I'll give you a future first. I'll give you Austin Eckler, and I'll give you Ezekiel Elliott. Not as appealing, right? Because it doesn't have that youth movement.
0: Mm -hmm. No, exactly. And that becomes, when you take that, if you were to take that trade on as a rebuilder, you, you have to have, once again, what I talked about at the beginning, what is your plan How are you going to execute it? What are you trying to do? Because if you're if your movement is rebuilding and value bumping everything, grabbing picks, grabbing youth pieces that can all ascend in value. And you take on Zeke and you take on Eckler. The only way you're going to make that work is if you have this 4D process of how you're going to flip those guys down the road. If you're going to get stuck with them and you're not sure you can move them, that's a dangerous deal.
1: So let's do it from the opposite perspective, the exact same deal. And I'm going to use older assets. But keep in mind, this is a team where you just happen to lock into Trey Lance in the rookie draft. Maybe you had an extra pick. But your direction is contending. You're trying to compete. You're trying to win it this year. And instead of offering you the young guys, I'm going to offer you the old crusty guys in the same range. And then see if it's still a deal that you would like to do.
0: So, so I'm contending this time.
1: You're contending, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd yep. already put the offer of just a random first. So I'll pick an old random dude from the seventh round okay, and I'll throw him in instead of giving you the future assets because you're trying to contend, right? This is what you want to do. You want to win the league. Right. The same exact trade value, if we use this ADP as the quote-unquote Bible right now, like this is locked in, I would give you Austin Eckler. I would give you... Uh, what was the other thing I offered you? So it's going to be a seventh and a eighth round, right? Okay. Seventh round, there's no real good quarterbacks that went there. <laughs> All I right. put up one round if you had to. Well, let's go down and get in the Krusty zone. That's fair. Let's do that. The, the seventh rounder, I'll give you Aaron Jones. That was okay. your seventh round. And instead of your eighth round, I'll give you Ryan Tannehill.
0: So it's Ryan Tannehill, Zeke, and Jones. Ryan
1: Tannehill, Aaron Jones, and Austin Eckler.
0: Oh, and Austin Eckler for Trey e- Lance.
1: Eckler was the 4-1. Aaron Jones was the 7-9. Ryan Tannehill was the 9-6 for Trey Lance. You're in compete mode trying to win now. I, I don't advocate doing this kind of deal in February and yes. building your contenders in February. That's a good way to fuck yourself for, the,
0: for here to eternity. That's how you end up if you do too many deals or you always want to think about winning if you're contending. Right. But understanding the value side in this time of season is not necessarily in the, the older, crustier players. So Mike's point makes sense. But as a contender, we're going to do that this deal field. in
1: August right? or in September, yeah. right before the, the season kicks off. That one feels gross,
0: but if, if Tannehill is the starter in Tennessee, locked in, no issues there. Austin Eckler is the starter in the Chargers, no issues there. Aaron Jones, if, if this is in August, everything the same today, yes, I, I'd make that move as a contender because I'm as much as I think Trey Lance is going to be good and has a long time to be an elite dynasty player, potentially, if we're talking about his ceiling, he's one piece of a contending side where... Maybe those guys don't give you the longevity, and, and that—that's the reality. None of those guys are giving you super long, long time. But man, that's three starters that have the opportunity. I'm worried about Aaron Jones, but it's not out of the range range of outcomes that he, Austin Eckler, are RB one back in back in RB one, you know, RB twos, or high end RB twos, and then Tannehill at least gives you that quarterback to in, in your starter. So you're, you're multiplying it into three assets on the contending side.
1: It is a crusty, gross win. Now move that would net you massive dividends. If, if situations don't change injuries, whatever. Right. And they got exactly. one more good year left in them. Let exactly. we milk this out? Let me get the championship. I'll rebuild next year for free.
0: I'll exactly. rebuild
1: the next five years for free. That is a go for the gusto move, man. It's grosser, but these are also moves that you, don't make now. Don't. If, yeah. if you're listening to this, please do not make these kind of moves now. Don't invest in, because you're assuming all the risk from February up and through the season to your championship game. That is a lot of time, a lot of football to be played, a lot of practices, a lot of training camp where injuries could happen, where situations could change. And these values where they're at right now could drastically change. It is so much easier to do it when you go, the first deal we talked about with Trey Lance, when you go to young pieces. Because in reality, yes, their situation could go down. But in some of those that you're investing, they're probably not going to lose too much value over an injury. Oh, this guy was a rookie. He got injured. You know, shit happens. Let's move on. We'll reevaluate it next year. Ride the pine for me for a year. I'm good. I'll hold you. On the older guys, the value can cliff so damn hard and right. it becomes so sudden that you can't get out of it. It's, yes. it's that quicksand effect. Yep. Um, let's do one more here. One okay. more. Uh, I don't want to do Jamar Chase again. All right. <laughs> I spent, I spent All way right. too much damn time. We had a whole episode it. on him. Let's do something else. Go ahead. I'm fucking Anyone tired else, of man. talking about Jamar Chase and having to fight off the army of the undead like I'm damn Jon Snow. It's, it's
0: I'm going to tell you, man, you're going to you got a long th- those undead are coming. They are undead because that's our that, that argument's not going
1: anywhere. Who's a good, juicy one that people keep talking about all the time? I don't want to do Deshaun because Deshaun has a lot of legal questions going about situation. Uh, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford seems like a good one. Yeah, because like the it. values are kind of wild on Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford went at three three. Right? Assume that's where he's going to go. This is the Damn. Bible. You got Matt Stafford. and The the beauty of this one is we could do it even on a contender and show the value of down-tiering and using our strategy. It's perfect, right? Right. Matt Stafford is a good quarterback. I'm, where did he finish this year? Was he a QB1? Yes. Yeah. QB5 overall.
0: Yeah, he was a QB1. He was... It depended on your format as far as like four-point and six-point per passing touchdown. Yeah.
1: But if you're talking six-point per passing touchdown, it wasn't even close. So I come to you and I go, Adam, I want Matt Stafford on you. He's at 3-3 in this quote-unquote ADP. What's it going to cost me? Your response would be? Two first. Two first, okay. Man, again, I I don't got two first. I can't do two firsts. Let's see if I got some other players that would interest you, Adam. I got Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins went six nine. Okay. I'm and intrigued. With, and with Kirk Cousins, I'll give you uh, who's a good one here. I'll give you I'll give you Drake London. I got him in the rookie draft here. I'll give you Drake London. He went at seven two. Kirk Cousins went at six nine. For your three-three, Matt Stafford. I would do that. I would maybe Bingo. see if I could.
0: I would maybe see if I could squeeze something else out of him. But if like that's hard caps, you're tearing. Okay, so you're tearing down to Kirk Cousins. Points per game. He's more of a borderline quarterback one, high end quarterback two. But you're picking up a wide receiver who we think is going to go in the top 15 20 picks and and could very well ascend to a 6th fifth round startup next year, right? You, we said Jalen Waddle's going in the third and the fourth round. I, now, you don't want to build that in that he's going to be a third or fourth round pick, but there's an opportunity for him to ascend a little bit. He may even if he ends up at Schmidty, right? The Slim Reaper, he's he's insulated at that seventh round pick. So, yeah, I would do that.
1: So this is the whole how we use startup, right? So let's break it down here. You asked for two firsts for Matt Stafford because he's going at the beginning of the third round. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his value. Kurt Cousins is going at the end of the sixth round. He's a first and a plus, but it's it's one of them weird pluses where it's only like maybe a half. A, it's a T. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not a full plus. It's Yeah, you're probably
0: going to get a first for him. You might get like some... Little fluffer type piece, not a real asset, right? Someone that has upside or something, but
1: not someone that's legit. Drake London is going in that what we talked about earlier 108, 109, 110 range, 111. Maybe he's going seven two, so that puts his value at what a first, first round, round pick. pick. And a at seven two, he's pick.
0: like, like we talked about with Waller, too, right? Like it's only a few spots from being maybe that first and second value. Like if you were going to go try to trade away Smitty, you want maybe a first and a second. So London is a first-round value,
1: but a little more possibly. So you get the little T as extra. Right. And the reason this deal works is because you're a contender. You have Matt Stafford. You get to replace him with Kirk Cousins. You get to lose a little bit of production, but then you get to gain some production and some value in possible ascension of Drake London. Right, that's, Absolutely. A, that's a win for you. Now, if I do the same deal and I don't have Kirk Cousins, I don't have a good quarterback to give back to you, and I go, I'll give you Keenan Allen at the 6'11 and Drake London, you're probably not as inclined to do it because you have to fill that damn quarterback position. Right, exactly.
0: Because And that's where it gets, on a contending side, that's where it gets scary if you're just taking away Stafford and not replenishing the quarterback position because super flex quarterbacks are scarce.
1: That's where the nuance comes into it. And if we go better than Kirk Cousins, I'm not gonna I, I can't say it with a straight face that Derek Carr is better than Kirk Cousins. That can't do that. <laughs> how, how about a guy like Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson went at the 5-1, a full round, almost two rounds ahead of where Kirk, Kirk Cousins is. If this is the proper ADP, that fifth round, Zach Wilson's worth at least a first and a second.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Drake
1: Drake London's worth your generic first. So now you've gained a second in value. Zach Wilson, besides the point of a guy that we want to invest in and buy, which we need to have a podcast and a discussion after the talk with Ray yesterday (laughs) about Zach Wilson. But just assuming, right? This is how you use startup values as a ballpark. Okay. What's this deal look like? How do I want to break this down? So, Anytime somebody is coming to me and going, man, I really want you to like grade this trade. How's this look? Am I getting enough? This is how my brain works. This is how your brain works when we look at these deals and we do this little song and dance about okay, in a startup, he's going here. This guy's going here. This is worth this. This is worth this. Let's add it up. If you're giving away a quarterback or an older asset, are you are you competing? Are you rebuilding? If you're rebuilding, it changes the whole thing because I don't care about getting a starting quarterback back. It doesn't affect me at all. Right. I can go strictly to the value. I don't want your, your third quarterback back. Let me get somebody else. And because of the super flex value, that may be a, a round or two above. Somebody's like, oh, you're not asking for a quarterback? Cool. I'll trade you this running back. Awesome. Let me take him.
0: Yep. I'll take I'll take that running back on. Now, so to give you an idea of real life application. So I think we may end up needing another episode to get into some, some of the strategy pieces, mm-hmm. but I want to give you a, a trade that I made on an orphan that I took. I talked about before that kind of applies this, the startup idea in the 4G chess mindset well after the startup and on an orphan there was, a, I was never even a part of the startup, but those ideas and mindsets don't leave after the startup. That staying value mindset still needs to be in place. So I took over an orphan. I wanted to tear it down. Because of all my other league mates in the time of when I took over in the summer, no one was really allowing me to go get picks. Like it just wasn't happening. The value, when we talk startups, the players on my team that I'm trying to move for picks, in assessing those values they weren't happening so okay what are my options i kind of have to contend because i have some of these older pieces i had darren wall or alan robinson a lot of these older type of guys alan robinson was a bust but nonetheless i decided you know what it's time to move try to figure out how i'm going to make this contend because they're not letting me get these youth pieces we talked about this as a rebuild side but the same thing applies on the contending side Sometimes if one some of the only real chips you have are the elite quarterbacks, you have to move them. So one of the only pieces I had that was super valuable that I could try to tear down and get a whole bunch of multiplication pieces from was Kyler Murray. Now, the problem is, if you want to contend, right, who has four legit pieces that are contending assets to give you for Kyler Murray? It's, it's 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 very rare that somebody has that that's not saying wait I'm a contender I'm not going to put all those assets into Kyler Murray right so 40 chess has to come in here so I took on Kirk Cousins Deontay Johnson a twenty the guys 22 and 23 first for Kyler Murray and Tyler Conklin now. At the time, when I said this, when I made this deal, talking with a lot of people, there were – why, Dude, that, that, that's a terrible trade. Kirk Cousins doesn't have the longevity. Deontay Johnson's okay at receiver. He's a nice little player. And then you have the, these first, but, like, what is that going to do for you on the contending side? Points per game, Cousins and, and Murray are massively different. Deontay gets you one piece in your lineup. Okay, but you're not really thinking about – this is where I think we need to get that next episode – so you understand your league and try to figure out your league mates, because when I take on those picks, I'm already thinking two steps ahead. Who in my league is looking to take these picks on? Right. Who are the teams that wouldn't let me go rebuild because they're already doing that? So I'm already thinking in my mind, who, who are these two picks going to be traded for? So walking you through all this. Once again, Kirk Cousins, Deontay Johnson, 22 first, 23 first for Kyler Murray and Tyler Conklin. Literally within the same day, five hours later, I traded these picks away with Brandon Ayuk. Now, remi- remember, at this time, Brandon Ayuk's value was was troublesome. And as a contender, I wanted to keep him, but he wasn't helping me. So I had to move him up a- as well for Joe Mixon and Terry McLaurin. So now all of a sudden, the deal was Kyler Murray, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Conklin for Kirk Cousins. Joe Mixon, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, right? So as a contender, say whatever you want about the values now. But as a contender, the piece that I lost in my lineup was Kyler Murray. And I now have Joe Mixon, Terry McLaurin, as well as um, Deontay Johnson and Kirk Cousins. So now I'm filling four spots, pretty legit players. Now, Terry didn't end up working out down the stretch, but the mindset of how you get Kyler Murray's value extracted into four pieces sometimes is a big thing. And startup values are a big part of that. And taking on those future first are a big part of that too.
1: Yeah. That's a massive 40 episode in the future where we would talk about that, making those 40 moves where you're thinking two, three steps ahead of everybody else. Yeah. And how can I use what I'm acquiring here to go get what I really want or what I really need? Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Because exactly what you're talking about, a lot of these big-name pieces, it's the song and dance. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't take that for them. I wouldn't take that for them. Who the fuck is offering some of this stuff? There's who? not a lot of people in your league who are going to go, yeah, I'll give you uh, three firsts for Jamar Chase. Those people are, don't exist. Yep. So sometimes you got to piece together three firsts total in value and then go use those pieces to go get something else that you really want. And maybe you end up with a CD lamb and you still netted a first, which we always talk about. I take that down tier a billion times out of a billion.
0: There is a, there's I'm never pressing to climb on that deal. (laughs) I'm never pressing to climb on that deal. And that's, that is why I think this episode was so good is because it gets you to understand that. I think assets is the best way to describe all these players, right? And understanding, listen, Mike and I are football degenerates, dynasty degenerates out there. We, we we love watching football. I love watching all these guys play. You might sit here and think, oh, ATM and McNutt, they, they, they hate Jamar Chase. Man, I'm, I'm a Cleveland guy, but when I see Jamar Chase on the field, I know that dude's special. I like watching him play. But at the end of the day, I don't care what Jamar Chase does on the field as far as the player. It's fun to watch him. If I can have him on my team and I I can afford to put him in there, great. But. At the end of the day, they're all assets, whether it's picks, whether it's startup picks, whether it's actual players in my lineup, they're assets. So understanding what their values are, understanding your league mates, what they're doing, and figuring out a way to blend it all together so that you're you're helping them and figuring out how you can manipulate all this to ultimately position your team for short and long-term success.
1: The best advice I can give to sum it all up is separate yourself from the fucking player's name. Separate yourself from his name. What is he worth? What can he get? And the same thing when you're acquiring players. There is some nuance between old versus young, ascending versus descending, capped value. There's all that. But the simplest thing, separate yourself from who you're trading away. What's his value? What are the people or assets in return? What's their value? And generally, if it's a net positive, and you're gonna find if you do it, and you really use this method that we're talking about, sometimes your net positive is gonna blow you away. Like, man, I'm up two first in this deal. I'm up three first in this deal. I'm up, you know, three or four good second round picks that I really like. If, if one of these guys hits, I'm in. I'm in the money. I'm in the money. I'm playing with house money now with this deal. That's the kind of moves that we want to get you into. When we explain the process, that's what this whole damn thing is about. Exactly. And I think one last thing before we get out of here is to
0: understanding the piece, right? When you've got like Kyler Murray, you have a Jamar Chase, you have these elite assets. Here's what's happening. The, the, the owner that has Kirk Cousins is saying to himself, herself, that QB2, man, imagine if I could make this an elite player. Right. They get enamored with like starting lineups and how it's going to all piece together. So they send four assets because they're also not thinking about 22 and 23 first as a part of their team right now. So they send four assets basically to make Kyler Murray become the super flex or the quarterback one, a big staple in their super flex team. But why why am I getting all those pieces for Kyler because everybody wants at that time Kyler Murray? I know he's trending down now. This is months ago. But everybody wants Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants Josh Allen. Everybody wants Jamar Chase. Everybody wants Jonathan Taylor's. Not that we don't want them to, but sometimes because they're so coveted, you can multiply them for a lot more into what your lineup is. So ultimately putting startup values to them and saying, OK, Jonathan Taylor is worth. Three, eight, three first and a second. If someone's coming to me with three first and second or four first in value, regardless of what that looks like, that's probably a move I should make. And
1: when you start thinking like that, everything will change. Absolutely, man. It's time for everybody's favorite thing our weekly plug. (laughs) The (laughs) weekly plug, man. The weekly plug. If you dig what we're talking about, come check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon big milestone today for us we hit 60 patreons it amazing amazing I didn't think we'd ever get to this point but we hit 60 today. I, I'm head over heels just amazed at what what is happening. We got big things popping over there too we rolled out our rankings our dynasty rankings our rookie rankings are almost finished. we have the adp sheet from all these live stream mock drafts rookie mock drafts so it's a nice tool where you can just go and track and see where we're evaluating where people are going, put in the tear breaks. The Discord's popping. People are asking a billion questions on trades. We got all kinds of answers coming in, all kinds of good discussion. I'm having a blast with it. Adam's having a blast with it. It is insane how fast this thing is growing. But we are blessed that it is growing, and I couldn't be happier. So, yeah, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. If you like what we're talking about. Come get a little more personal with us. You, you got that option to come DM us to to put it in chat to trade to uh to tag us and we'll, we try to get those questions answered. We're trying to get the tiers just right so everybody's got a little bit of something. Whatever the hell you can afford, great. We got that one dollar tier. It's gonna stay forever just because it's it's our thing. It's part it's part of the shit show over there. The one dollar tier. It's never going away. But that's all I got for tonight. Adam, take it away. That's
0: it, man. One, One a month is never going away. That tier will never leave. If you if you're you know digging what we're putting down, if you want to learn more about okay, how do I figure out what this player is in startup and how does this apply to my build? If you want a little more of the micro dynamics, you you have any questions? Come come check us out for a dollar a month. There we have other tiers. If you really like us, but like right before we started this, we we literally right before we recorded this episode, we're on a team review. A gentleman named Colby going through his team, figuring out, okay, this team looks really good. He had, he was in one. We were talking about a productive struggle that he had done beautifully, just like Mike and I would have done, right? He's listening. He's putting all this stuff into action. We love seeing that. And then he shows us another team where he just won, like Mike and I talk about all the time. Maybe you get crusty with that Tannehill deal where it sounds gross, but if it, if it gets you a title, gets you that payout, then you have – years to rebuild on that money you've won. So now we're helping him take that contending team that just won and pivot all those assets into rebuilding side so he can get to that beautiful rebuilding, having a bunch of picks, you pieces, so he can take over again. Point being, if you like this, you want to come check us out, we'd be happy to do any of that with you. Really glad you're sticking around with us. Even if you don't come check us out, man, we're going to keep putting down everything we got once a week, one hour, even though we go over one hour every single week. But just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess.
1: That'll do it. We're out of here. Peace out. Peace.